Tim's News Explosion. 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 Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's Tim's News Explosion on this Anzac Day Eve. It is Monday, the 24th of April, 2023. We are live on YouTube on the Unshackled's channel. I was going to stream to the Wilms Front channel tonight because the second strike was due to expire on April 20, but then I found out this afternoon that I got another strike on the Wilmsfront channel, despite not using it for a couple of months now, because episode 68 of Tim's News Explosion had uh, been removed for misinformation. So it's clear that YouTube is gunning for the Wilmsfront channel. But as always, also on the Tim Wilms DLive and the Wilmsfront Odyssey channel, Entropy is live, uh, where you can send through to myself a direct question or even better yet send through a super chat to support not just this show but other unshackled productions apologies for my nasally sounding voice tonight as i think i've become a victim of the unfolding triple demic which of course is not just covid uh, but the return of the flu and other flu-like viruses like the common cold. Now I tested negative for COVID. I didn't think it was was COVID because I don't have a a dry cough. But uh, to to know if it's the the flu, I need to get uh, one of these tests uh, coming uh, to pharmacies uh, this winter. The combined combined COVID nineteen influenza A and B antigen test kit only fourteen dollars and ninety five for a single one there. I think the strain of flu-like virus that I've got is the the common cold because it is just a a runny nose, a a, a nasal uh, congestion, and just uh, some sneezing. Uh, so I've the the show is going on. Of course, I didn't want to to let you down, but I am armed with a box of of tissues. So in between uh, when I play news clips, I'll I'll have a good blow. Uh, just to 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 make sure there it is 8 30 p.m here in melbourne victoria where this past week we have lost two of this city's most uh, revered sons uh first last wednesday uh father bob mcguire uh, he was uh, known as the maverick catholic uh, priest he served as the parish priest of uh, St. Peter's and Paul Church in South Melbourne uh, from 1973 until uh, 2012. He founded his uh, charitable foundation, the Father Bob Maguire Foundation, which uh, helped uh, the disadvantaged, downtrodden, the uh, forgotten. The reason he was uh, he was referred to as a, a maverick is because... Uh, 
well, uh, one of the reasons was is that uh, he hung around with uh, mischievous comedians like uh, John Safran. Uh, that's how I first uh, came across uh, Father Bob and his John Safran versus God series. He was uh, John Safran's co-host on Sunday Night Safran, and they did a television miniseries together, uh, which was uh, Speaking in Tongues. I'm a stupid moron in the chat says, was Father Bob uh, a lefty? Well, there was never any, any I would say, evidence uh, that he uh, was against the, the teachings of the Catholic Church. He definitely, you would say, was part of the, the, the social justice faction of the, of the church, even though he wasn't a, a Jesuit. He also uh, used to hang around with the, the chasers as well. He forgave them for uh, their war and everything when it, when it ended. The reason it always perplexed me that he, he hung around with these uh, comedians is because he had such a gruff uh, public uh, demeanor, but uh, obviously he enjoyed their company and uh, collaborating with them. Uh, Father Bob, he was uh, 88. He, uh, both his uh, physical and mental health had been in uh, decline. That was very evident by the erratic activity on his uh, Twitter uh, account. And obviously, the a few days before he he died, he expressed how hurt he was that he was removed as a director of his own foundation. The board said that he wasn't eligible anymore, and they said like, well, "This is not about malice or or, or anything. We're all volunteers here." So that was sort of sad that that was his one of his his last feelings. I so. Uh, that is very uh, sad news. And uh, when I heard the news on, I think it was Friday morning, that uh, Barry Humphreys, uh, he was in a hospital because he'd suffered complications uh, from hip surgery a couple of months ago. I sort of uh, had that feeling because Australian cultural icons, they tend to die in pairs. And so when I heard that, uh, I had this feeling that uh, Barry Humphreys, uh, he, uh, his time would would come soon, and uh, the news of his passing occurred on Saturday night. I remember last year we lost uh, both uh, Judith Dunham of the Seekers and uh, Olivia Newton-John. Uh, they died quite uh, close to, to, uh, together, uh, but definitely a, the death of of Barry Humphreys that has has been not just uh, front page news in Australia, but all around the world because Barry Humphreys and his uh, alter egos, uh, Dame Edna Everidge, Sir Les Patterson, uh, were huge in the, the UK, the US, all of the English language world. I had the pleasure of of going going to three of Barry Humphreys' uh, stage shows. He always opened up with uh, Sir Les Patterson. And uh, he always featured uh, St Sandy Stone, who was, in the end, a deceased character because he he always spoke from the the other side. And uh, Barry Humphreys, the first part of his show always featured like a new new character. I remember his his last show, uh, the the new character uh, was Celeste Patterson's uh, brother, uh, Father Gerard Patterson. Patterson, who was a pedophile Catholic priest who touched everyone uh, that he met. Again, a, a showing uh, Barry Humphrey's political 
incorrectness, a satirizing every everyone, every cultural institution, even in uh, ways that uh, obviously people found insensitive, offensive, but that was his style. He was a, you would say, a savage uh, cultural satirist. He died at the age of 89. And uh, obviously in the latter stage of his uh, career, he was uh, cancelled by the Melbourne International Comedy Festival when they removed his name uh, from their award for the best uh, comic. It was called the, the Barry Award. Well, given that uh, festival's hardly funny anymore, it's uh, it's quite insulting to <laughs> for for the award to be conti continue to be named in in Barry's honor, since it features so many unfunny uh, comedians now at that uh, festival. But uh, he was uh, cancelled because uh, he referred to Caitlyn Jenner as a mutilated man, and so he was deemed a a transphobe, and so he was uh, even his old uh, old friend and who uh, produced uh, the his uh, iconic film, The Adventures of Barry McKenzie, Philip Adams, that uh, bitter old twisted Radio National host who was a he uh, produced a the uh, Barry McKenzie movies in the the 70s which was part of the Australian cinema new wave they those film those two films were directed by uh Bruce uh Beresford and uh, co-written by Beresford and uh Barry Humphreys I actually watched uh the adventures of Barry McKenzie for the first time last night it's on Amazon uh, Prime. Uh, the sequel, uh, Barry McKenzie hold his, holds his own, is not not on Prime, sadly. And I will start with that film. I'm not sure if any any of you have have seen The Adventures of Barry McKenzie, made in 1972. Uh, it was one of the first films financed uh, by the Australian government's uh, John Gorton's Australian Film Development uh, Corporation. And there is no way that a film like that would be made today. It is crass, vulgar, politically incorrect. Barry McKenzie was a character Barry Humphreys created uh, for Private Eye magazine in the, the UK. In the, the movie, Barry McKenzie was played by uh, singer Barry Crocker, who is uh, still with us in his 80s. Barry Crocker also sung the Neighbours theme tune. And uh, Barry Humphreys appeared as Auntie Edna and also some other minor characters uh, as well. But uh, yes, the the contemporary critics of today would say that film is an embarrassment to Australia because Barry McKenzie is a yobbo. He uh, loves uh, Fosters. And uh, spoiler alert, the film ends when he exposes himself on a BBC broadcast. That's how crass it is uh, and it follows his weird journey uh, throughout the uk in the in the sequel uh, barry mckenzie holds his own that's when dame edna uh, becomes dame edna everidge knighted by uh, then prime minister uh, gough whitlam even though gough whitlam abolished imperial honors i think that was the the joke there this is the the reference that gough whitlam uh, wrote uh, for barry B barry humphreys a person of most excellent character 
as a really fine young person who will go a long way, I should be most grateful for any assistance you may help to give him there. Uh, so although in his later days, he was considered on the, the right uh, of politics, he had uh, admirers and fans uh, across the political uh, spectrum. Uh, in his uh, death, Cathy uh, Letty, uh, one of uh, Barry's, uh, Barry's close friends, uh, she's uh, appeared on numerous news programs to talk about him. She, of course, wrote Puberty Blues. Uh, she is a lefty feminist and her husband, Jeffrey Robertson, uh, he is a, a lefty lawyer, though he is doing a good, he did a good job representing, well, took on Julian Assange. The, that was very good of him uh, to, uh, to do. Uh, Mary Margulies, uh, who you will know as uh, Professor Sprout from Harry Potter, again, a lefty, but they all thought it was outrageous that his name uh, was uh, stripped uh, from the Barry Award because uh, this is the thing. Uh, uh, back in the the olden days, you could disagree with somebody politically. <laughs> he only made a few comments on transgenderism. It was it hardly said anything uh, about it. Yet uh, that is what uh, uh, that, that is what uh, in his in his twilight uh, years uh, it was apparently most outrageous about uh, what uh, he did. I mean, his uh, humour was, as I mentioned in Barry McKenzie, extremely crass for the time. Uh, They've been doing the rounds a lot of, uh, particularly uh, the TV interviews uh, with uh, Les Patterson. Mike Willis is worried about his career being over uh, because they're going live to air with uh, Les Patterson making all these uh, uh, crass uh, jokes. Uh, now, uh, like uh, Dame Edna, Celeste wasn't a, a real, uh, they weren't real knight and dames of the, the realm, although uh, Ch uh, Charles and Camilla uh, were big fans of Barry Humphrey's uh, work. And in fact, uh, King Charles contacted Barry uh, when he was in, in hospital there, which of course is, that's, that's quite flattering to on your you know deathbed get a get a phone call uh from uh, the monarch there and uh, and as i said he had uh, admirers uh from both sides of politics so prime minister anthony albanese opposition leader peter dutton premier dan andrews they all all uh praised his uh comedic wit and uh and his uh, status as a cultural icon. The, the Andrews uh, government, they're working on naming a theatre after him. Of course, uh, Dan Andrews, he'll get, to, he'll, he'll get to announce two state funerals for Father Bob Maguire and for Barry Humphreys as well. And uh, that always looks good for, for Dan Andrews to show that, uh, look, I'm the, uh, I'm in tune with the people of Victoria uh, because I'm giving these uh, state funerals to these eminent uh, Australians. A former Victorian Premier, Jeff Kennett, he wants state funerals to, to end because they're basically given out to everyone. Uh, they've lost all, they've lost all meaning now and said that he doesn't want a state funeral because it came out recently that Shane Warne's state funeral at the MCG cost uh, taxpayers $5 million. Uh, Dan Andrews, he, he didn't uh, didn't award uh, George Powell a state funeral. He said it would be insulting to the victims of uh, Catholic sexual uh, abuse.
And uh, Dan Andrews, well, I think he's probably right to believe that he's untouchable, given that he's won three elections, uh, despite countless IBAC and Obniston in investigations being scathing of his government. And there was another one uh, this week. Uh, so this was uh, IBAC's investigation, Operation uh, Daintree. Uh, so they uh, fa- they found uh, misconduct, uh, but uh, uh, by uh, senior Andrews government ministers, advisors, and and public servants, misconduct. Imp- uh, they improperly favoured union mates, but uh, fell short of the corruption threshold. This was uh, with the health department's uh, decision to award a $1.2 million contract uh, to uh, the Health Services Union Aligned Health Education Federation to train hospital staff to deal with violence against health workers. Acting Commissioner of IBAC, Stephen Farrow, said there was misconduct and the contract wasn't sufficiently entered into the public interest. In fact, the training provided was inadequate and there had been a significant erosion in ministerial accountability. While the IBAC report does clear the Premier, former Health Ministers, Jenny McCarkos, Jill Hennessy, and their staff of corruption, the, the Commissioner warned the Premier is accountable to the Parliament for the conduct of his staff. And Dan Andrews, his reaction to the uh, the uh, this another damning report was that it was an educational uh, report and there was no uh, finding of misconduct against his government and will take the recommendations in a, a process. It was like, this is why he is a, such a successful politician. He's able to spin his way out of any situation, able to just uh, put uh, neutralise the press pack in, in front of him. I mean, he never wavers. He is always calm and collected, speaks authoritative. Even us who hate him have to admit that he's he's good at this. Uh, Liberty Warrior says, uh, a bullshit artist. Yes, one of, one of the best. And now, of course, uh, last week I, I brought you uh, the, the, the news that, uh, well, uh, Dan Andrews, uh, uh, thanks to uh, a lot of these sort of sweetheart deals uh, with uh, trade unions, particularly on uh, construction projects, Victoria's debt is out to $115 billion. Uh, so Dan is softening us up uh, for a brutal state budget, which will be on May 23, uh, f- following the federal budget on May 9. It is looking like the airport rail link uh, will be delayed as I, as I broke last week. And uh, what I also uh, brought to you uh, last week is that uh, uh, Dan Andrews, a, his uh, Plan Melbourne agency denies that uh, 20 minute cities are designed to keep people within their uh, suburbs uh, like they did during lockdown in 2020, 2021. Uh, but with the, with the slowing down of infrastructure projects, road and rail, 
it'll be that a lot of Victorians, uh, they won't be able to get out of their 20-minute neighbourhoods because of gridlock. In fact, some uh, public servants are being ordered to work uh, from home uh, because of uh, the unreliability of public transport and gridlock as well. Uh, so, so, so there you go. Uh, now, of course, uh, the, the reason why the plan Melbourne put out that statement saying, oh, it's not about uh, control is because, well, uh, we have seen over in Oxfordshire, England, they are actually uh, have physical barriers uh, uh, trapping people within uh, their, uh, their city and uh, they have to get a permit uh, to, to, to leave. Uh, now, we are seeing, obviously, uh, some uh, vigilantism, civil disobedience uh, in the UK. Uh, we, there was uh, that uh, famous uh, footage of uh, a woman uh, driving through a, a, a checkpoint and the people saying, oh, but you'll be reported to the council. She's like, I'm trying to get to work. <laughs> And uh, recently, Katie Hopkins, she uncovered disgusting uh, behaviour by vigilantes who are vandalising uh, with uh, filling foam. Uh, the London Mayor Sadiq Khan hears uh, cameras to govern the ultra-low emission zone. This was uh, Katie Hopkins' very stern uh, condemnation of this uh, disgusting behaviour. Disgusting. You know what these disgusting people are doing? It's vandalism. That's what it is. Vandalism. They are getting filling foam from places like Tool Station 669. And they are vandalising the cameras that the Mayor of London is trying to put up in order to police the ULEZ zone, the ultra low emission zone that he's planning to expand to, well, pretty much anywhere near the back arse end of London and beyond. People are vandalising his cameras. Certain places, every single camera that's been put up has been sprayed with this filling foam, 669 tool station. And I think it's abhorrent. You know, just because, just because you think you've got the freedom to drive your car, <laughs> it's probably a diesel or a petrol car. I mean, you probably think that's okay. Not like me because I drive a Tesla. Just because you think you want to have the freedom to drive your car and you don't want to pay £25 a day to do your job as a cleaner or maybe work for the NHS. And just because maybe... You disagree with the Muslim mayor of London, who's only four foot two and used to be a lawyer for Islamist terrorists. That does not give you the right to vandalise these cameras using filling foam from tool station at 669. It's despicable. You people need to be a lot more compliant. Go and hoist your NHS flag. Go and hoist your Ukraine flag. Make yourself smaller. Eat bugs. Do not drive your car. Be tiny. Do not fight for freedoms. Fight to be fight to be more compliant and smaller and more bitter. Be in the dark. Suck on a bug's ass. And stop spoiling these cameras by getting filling foam from places like Tool Station. Other retailers are available. 669. Terrible. Yeah, you tell them, Katie. And we this vandalism is 
as it started to occur here in our own city in Melbourne, Victoria. We were alerted uh, to uh, this this frightening ordeal uh, that some Melbourne diners uh, experienced by Seven News, uh, Rebecca Madden and Cassie uh, Zervos. A camera vandal took down a CCTV camera. Just, Just look at this frightening vandalism behaviour. In breaking news, there's been a bizarre incident outside a city pub. Cassie Zervos is at police headquarters. Cassie, this looks like a frightening moment for people enjoying their Saturday afternoon. Well, Beck, the bizarre incident was captured by witnesses dining at the Duke of Wellington late this afternoon. This phone vision captures the moment a man armed with a hammer somehow climbs up a traffic light pole. His target was this CBD security camera. The man smashes it seven times before it falls to the ground. The whole ordeal only lasted just a few minutes, but in the middle of it all, he turns to onlookers and speaks to them. If and when caught, he faces serious charges, including criminal damage. Police tell me they are now investigating this bizarre incident. Beck. Cassie Zervos, thank you. It is bizarre because why would you be against CCTV cameras on every street corner in Melbourne? I mean, do nothing wrong and you've got nothing to worry about. It's all about keeping our city safe. I mean, that's what uh, that, the, that's what Dan Andrews uh, told us. Uh, what the, the the pandemic was was all about keeping us safe, and we also want to be a smart city as well. And so we need this uh, technology. I mean, this is how we catch bad people. And Seven News is absolutely right. This was a terrifying ordeal. I mean, it's up there with the the Burke Street uh, Burke Street rampage, and also uh, the Swanson Street the the car that exploding. I mean, the ordeal lasted. We heard several minutes, and he spoke to them. I mean, we uh, seven users thankfully not aired what he said because, well, that would just be uh, that that would just be beyond the the the, the pale. I mean. Seven News just 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 believe that uh, Victoria Police uh, they're onto it. I'm sure uh, Luke Cornelius and his goons uh, they'll 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 track him track him down, bash down his door, and uh, make sure that he's safely off our streets there. So thank you, uh, Seven News. I hope hopefully you'll keep us up to date. Uh, with that uh, as well. And uh, Victoria Police, while they're they're busy uh, chasing that uh, camera vandal, they were also busy on 420 at the, the there's obviously, there are two 420s. Uh, one of them is uh, obviously the 420 in Stoner Culture. Every 420, April the 20, the Australian uh, drug law reform advocate H&J holds uh, the 420 rally in Melbourne Flagstaff Garden. Avi Yemeni was there with Real Rukshan and a Victoria police set up make, a makeshift police station uh, to, well, and they, they repeatedly searched uh, attendees several times there obviously victoria police they 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 wanted to be the only high people there high on power they obviously miss uh, picking on easy targets uh, since the 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 lockdown lockdown ended there and we have a obviously at the last state election uh two illegalized cannabis 
MPs, MLCs elected to the, the upper house, though Dan Andrews, despite claiming that he is a progressive premier, uh, he is not interested in uh, legalizing cannabis, uh, which this is a victimless crime. I'm a libertarian on on drugs in my opinion the war on drugs has been a failure like every government war like the war on covid the war on terror and uh, the war on poverty they always lead to worse outcomes and always increase the surveillance state uh, as well and so it was in my opinion very good of both uh Avi Yemeni, rebel news and real ruction uh to to show that uh the drug war just leads to uh the power tripping uh police uh putting on spectacles like this to uh, to look for reasons to to charge people for victimless crimes there Now, the other 420 uh, is, of course, uh, Adolf Hitler's birthday. He was born April 20, 1889. And so uh, Thomas Sewell and the National Socialist Network, uh, they uh, decided uh, to celebrate uh, Hitler's birthday at a, at a, it is called the Bavarian Restaurant at Knox City Shopping Centre in uh, Warnturner uh, South. Uh, so this is the, the photos uh, that uh, NSN uh, posted on their social media. And so uh, Thomas Sewell, he posted and he was on uh, uh, Blair Cottrell's Odyssey live stream earlier this evening. He posted on Telegram that the group had a great an eventful night where they enjoyed great German food, beer, and company. It's not really leaked correspondence because Thomas is quite open about open about his his posts, despite not breaking any laws and not disturbing a soul, I'm quoting Tom here, we were set upon by a dozen scum from Victoria Police who were terribly upset we were celebrating this holy day instead of the government-approved gay or pedophile holidays. Being, uh, being confronted by system violence while our families and babies were present, we were forced to eat our Hitler cake while being escorted from the shopping centre under the threat of political violence. They persecute us because they know we are rising and the world will learn the truth about Hitler and look to us for leadership. And so that was obviously Jamal uh, and Roberts there doing the Nazi salute with his white race t-shirt he looks different again uh he's obviously his hair's growing and his uh, body shape is always changing depending on what his workout regimen is a victoria police spokeswoman confirmed the police were called to the venue on thursday night to move the group on it's understood a group of people performed a nazi salute at a venue on burwood highway or asked to leave at 8 45 p.m police mo moved the group on and no offenses were identified which uh Obviously, it led to another round of uh, media reports about the Andrews government needs to get on with banning the Nazi salute. And uh, the Andrews government has, has promised again that they're going to ban uh, this uh, horizontal arm movement. The Andrews government is promising to ban the Nazi salute as soon as possible after pictures emerged of a neo-Nazi group celebrating Hitler's birthday at a restaurant in Melbourne's east. I think it's completely offensive to not just the Jewish community but to all decent Victorians. 
The Anti-Defamation Commissioner has condemned the event, labelling it as a sad and dark day for democracy. Yes, Devira Abramovich uh, said, uh, 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 paraphrasing, extremely dangerous for our democracy. That's, uh, that's, uh, that's another way uh, that uh, you could uh, sum up what he said. And he went on to say, there is something very wrong in Victoria, and we should all be alarmed by this brazen stomach-churning outrage that will forever be a stain on our state. In the very week that the Jewish community across the country commemorated and mourned the systematic extermination of six million Jews at the hands of the Third Reich and its collaborators, these hardcore white supremacists celebrated the birthday of the very monster responsible for the gassing of mothers and babies and the shooting of families in the open fields. Dr. Abramovich said it was time for the Andrews government to develop an action plan to combat violent extremist ideology. Well, they shouldn't consult you because basically you're in a way you promote uh, these these groups by constantly uh, going into the media to say how outraged you are about what they do. He also urged the government to push the Commonwealth to declaring the groups as terrorist organizations. This is a timely wake-up call that we as a society need to keep a close watch on the resurgence of this dangerous movement. And if we want to prevent any further shooting rampages as we witnessed in New Zealand and other parts of the world. Now, in the lead up to uh, 420, uh, Slack Bastard on his uh, Twitter account, he uh, said German restaurants will be well advised to scrutinize their bookings on April 20, you know, just in case. Now, that is a photo from 420 in, well, it says there, 2017, where I, th I think I remember that. Uh, yeah, the the caption was "Hope you're celebrating uh, 420 in true fash style, not like a degenerate." And Slack bastard uh, follows on by saying, "By the way, this is not a joke. The of late, the local Hitler youth have been making a real nuisance of themselves. Pubs, clubs, parks, festivals." on the streets, some of which is reported, much of it not. It most definitely end in tears, but whether or not these belong to Nazis is up to you. Look, I think to be on the safe side, I think all German, Bavarian and Austrian themed restaurants should all be closed on, on 420 just to prevent any of any Nazis attending to celebrate Hitler's birthday. And plus, like if you actually knew what that day represented, why would you choose if you're just a random member of the public or a German to go to such a restaurant on 420, knowing the uh, what, what that day represents in in German history? And I think that uh, nobody should be allowed to be born on April the 20th going forward because you don't want anyone to share the same birthday as Hitler. So we must have a system in our hospitals to, to make sure that no women give birth to a child on 420 just to be, just to be safe here. So uh, th those are, I think, the, the uh, precautions, protections uh, that uh, we need. All right, now let's move on to... Uh, our well it's coming up to almost a a weekly report on the voice and now we had on the bolt report last uh, thursday 
Andrew Bolt had an exclusive interview with Lydia Thorpe's white father, Roy Illingworth. Uh, notice that uh, uh, Lydia Thorpe, uh, she's not Lydia Illingworth, and that's because uh, uh, Lydia, Lydia Thorpe's Indigenous uh, Indigenous ancestry is on her mother's side, and the there's a lot of Indigenous thoughts, and so obviously to be an Indigenous activist like she is, I'm being obviously uh, kind. They're calling her an Indigenous activist rather than a a race beta and a racist. Uh, so yeah, she she, she chose she, she chose to take her mother's mother's name because uh, there are a lot of Thorpe Aboriginals. So on the, the Bolt Report, this is what her father, Roy Illingworth, uh, said about uh, the person that she's become. The way I see it, the way she is and the way she's changed over the years is that uh, I think she's a very racist person against white people. And uh, uh, she doesn't acknowledge any of her white side. So, yeah, I'm a bit disappointed in her the way she's been carrying on lately, because uh, after all, she has got uh, English background as well as Irish, um, the convict side of the English. Um, so, yeah, the way she's carrying on, I don't know, she's been uh, probably on a use by someone or some people, but normally she never used to be like that. Maybe it's the power going to her head too, not sure. A naughty designers asked, was he involved in her upbringing? Yes, he, he was. He talked about so yeah, that uh, growing up, uh, uh, Lydia, uh, she was spoiled. She had a, she had uh, a lot of things provided uh, to her, so denying that uh, she grew up as a, a victim. And it's worth watching the, the full interview. It's on the Sky News Australia uh, YouTube uh, channel. He says that uh, they still exchange messages from time to time uh, but uh, obviously the relationship is, is is strained and he basically wanted to well tell how he feels about Lydia and talk about well why he thinks she's become the way she is. Uh, Lydia thought she's uh, promised to tell well, her version of what happened at the uh, the strip club where she racially abused uh, that uh, white man and also her other work. She, in an exclusive interview with uh, Antifa socialist YouTuber Tom Tanuki, real name Thomas Stephen there. I mean, <laughs> I mean it's... She she she's so like she he's the only person that she feels comfortable talking to now. Now on uh, the Voice, uh, the Albanese government did release uh, the uh, constitutional advice from the Solicitor General Stephen Donahue KC. He was appointed by Malcolm Turnbull in 2017, so he's been in the job a while. And he said, yes, the uh, the Voice does not. Uh, threaten our constitutional arrangement. In fact, uh, we will enhance our our system of government. So nothing to see here. There was a a Roy Morgan poll uh, released this week that showed that support uh, for the 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 Voice had dropped below fifty percent in in all states except Victoria, uh, of course. So it's in real trouble. The the Voice campaign, obviously, Peter Dutton made uh, the good decision to make Jacinta Price 
his Indigenous Affairs spokeswoman, despite her being in the National Party room, and also made uh, Kerri-Anne Little, uh, the Liberal Indigenous Senator from South Australia, uh, the Minister for the Prevention of Family Violence and Child Protection. And so I do believe that if Peter Dutton, if the his campaign uh, against, uh, against the, the voice, because it is both wrong in principle and it will also lead to unintended consequences, I think uh, he can deliver a fatal blow against the, the Albanese government. And now it seems to have been a review season of, of late uh, because uh, there was a review of uh, the Reserve Bank of Australia, uh, its operations, and uh, it recommended uh, that uh, the Reserve Bank Board uh, be stripped of its uh, power to set interest rates, and uh, instead uh, there, there would be a committee or monetary policy board with nine members uh, who would be experts in the in their in their field who would meet uh, as who who would meet six to six to every eight months, so not every uh, twelve months to uh, decide interest rate uh, policies. They would still set interest rates. The treasurer uh, wouldn't set the set the in interest rate. Though it seems to me that uh, such a a change it would. It, it would certainly leave to uh, the RBA taking less aggressive action to control inflation, which is still out of control. Uh, Philip Lowe, he didn't raise interest rates last month because he wants to be reappointed by Jim Chalmers and decided, well, it'd be good if I, I good if I uh, just keep the keep them on hold, even though inflation is still out of control. For example, today when I bought bread. It is now $4.40 for my favorite tip-top bread. Uh, just over a year ago, it was only $3.40. So that is basically an inflation rate of around 30%. And Mars bars here, uh, they are still a, a dollar, like when they're on special, uh, but uh, it's gone down from around about 52 grams to 47. So they've made the Mars bar size smaller uh, to so they can't, increase the the prices there and they've also it's paper packaging now for recycle friend, friendly it's not uh, not plastic there so i bought that as a prop for tonight but uh so it's not wasted i'll eat it after the show <laughs> and uh the albanese government also appointed two new uh, board members uh, so dr ian ross and miss elena rubin who happen to both have trade union uh, backgrounds there. Uh, so obviously I don't trust them uh, to take the necessary action uh, to crush inflation. Uh, for a full, uh, a concise uh, summary of the, well, the, the RBA review, it had uh, 51 recommendations. And uh, so Sinclair Davidson, he's a libertarian economist. He is, I think he's still with the RMIT. He used to run the Cadillacy files back in the day basically says that there's no rational, uh, convincing rationale for any of uh, these recommendations. And like I said, it just seems to be that, uh, yeah, it's, there's going to be a more, it's going to lead to, I think, in my opinion, going to lead to a more timid uh, reserve bank.
Now, we had uh, today, uh, we had the release of the uh, Defence Strategic Review. Now, this is uh, the media release uh, by Deputy Prime Minister and uh, Minister for uh, Defence, Richard Miles. And so, obviously, uh, the the things uh, that uh, the defence defence capabilities that will be given budget priority, obviously the nuclear-powered submarines, uh, uh, enhancing uh, long-range missiles, improving the ADF's ability to operate from Australia's northern uh, bases, uh, strengthening the Indo-Pacific uh, partnership. Uh, what there will be a cutback on is armoured uh, vehicles, uh, well, obviously we are a we're a moat, uh, we're an island. Uh, so certainly, naval vessels, particularly submarines, and also defensive missiles. I think we should have nuclear weapons. I mean, if we want to deter any potential invader from the the north, I mean, what better way than nuclear weapons? I mean, mutually assured destruction. It's kept the world safe uh, since the end of of World War Two uh, from World War Three there. So we've got uh, the world's largest uranium deposits. I mean, we just get it out of the ground and then just put it into uh, some ICBM nuclear warheads there. I mean, pretty simple there. And also while we're at it, uh, let's have nuclear power plants as well. Those new age, uh, uh, they're, what, they're called, what is that? Uh, low they're called module low scale reactors much more energy efficient and also much more uh, safe there liberty warrior says the aliens will not let us use nukes however let's not go down that uh, rabbit hole there uh, now in the in the the week leading leading up to the release of this uh, uh, strategic review, obviously the Albanese government, uh, Richard Miles as defence minister, Penny Wong as as far as foreign minister, uh, they have been uh, steadfast in holding a firm line uh, uh, with uh, against uh, Chinese uh, aggression and uh, expansion in the the South China Sea, obviously. Uh, they, uh, they want us to have a positive trading uh, relationship, uh, but they are not. They they've certainly uh, not shown any any indication they are going to roll over and uh, and uh, let Australia become a vassal state of China. I uh, can't say the same for the, uh, Dan Andrews here in Victoria. Uh, remember his uh, secret uh, trip. Uh, to uh, China a couple of weeks ago. No media there. And uh, now it was a Marx McGowan's uh, turn to travel to China. WA Premier Mark McGowan, of course, he definitely earned the nickname Marx McGowan while he uh, was there. He only had one uh, journalist uh, with him, uh, but that was enough uh, for this uh, to be captured on Pop mic. You wonder whether it was on on purpose. Uh, Mark McGowan uh, saying what he thinks of uh, Andrew Hastie's, uh, the federal MP, Liberal MP for Canning and Shadow Defence Minister. Uh, this is what he said about uh, Andrew Hastie's uh, view on uh, Ch China's uh, military military aggression and uh, and its goals.
There's nothing wrong with taking Cold War pills. I mean, if every child had been given Cold War pills when they were born, we wouldn't have a, any of the cultural Marxism we have in Australia at the, the moment. But Andrew Hastie, being a former SAS officer, uh, returned a fire uh, calling uh, McGowan. He said the, the truth is, is that he's a prison guard looking for work now that the pandemic has uh, finished. And uh, Mark McGowan, the, the next day, uh, I first saw, saw this in the, the West Australian newspaper. He proposed that National Cabinet should be held in Beijing. And now a lot of people, when they saw this headline, thought it like had to double take it that it wasn't satire, that it came from the Batuta advocate. Mark McGowan actually said this, that uh, Australia's National Cabinet meeting of the Prime Minister and all the premiers and chief ministers should be should be held in uh, in Beijing. Like, can we like if this was to ever happen, can we at least have a designated survivor back here in Australia? But he actually said this. It 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 it, it was a real thing he said, reported in uh, the West Australian, and that's why he deservedly has the name Marks uh, McGowan there. And the reason he is uh, also. ACCP lapdog is because a lot of the the uh, the mining uh, mining industry uh, leaders are also they they, they love uh, the uh, what the, the CCP pays for WA's mineral and resources and coals uh, the uh, the second well some could argue he's the most powerful man in uh, Western Australia even above the premier uh, Kerry Stokes who owns Channel 7 the West Australian newspaper and mining interests uh, he said about uh, I remember in in, tw- in 2020 about uh, when it was talked about pursuing an investigation into the origin of COVID basically he said oh, let's forgive and forget about China remember uh, Twiggy Forrest he ambushed uh, the then health minister Greg Hunt by inviting the uh, the 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 uh, CCP's consulate at a press conference to say we've got some PCR tests uh, for you there. Uh, so Mark McGowan, he's really only re- reflecting the 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 mining mining industry's uh, interest uh, there when he's when he's over in the People's Republic of China. Barke says, bro, I have a serious question for you. As uh, Brucey says, uh, go for it. P. Cosiman says, what, will we get representation in the Chinese Congress as well? If so, then sure, why not just dissolve the Commonwealth and join China as separate provinces? Now, we also had a visiting Australia in the lead up to Anzac Day, uh, the Prime Minister of New Zealand, uh, Chris Hipkins, and uh, this seemed to coincide with uh, an announcement uh, that uh, New Zealanders who want to become Australian citizens would have a direct pathway to Australian citizenship. So from 1st of July this year, a New Zealand citizens been living in Australia for four years or more will be eligible to apply directly for Australian citizenship. They'll no longer need need to first apply for and be granted a permanent visa. Uh, so this is uh, uh, subclass 444 of visa SCV. Uh, so for New Zealand citizens who are long-term residents in Australia, this will be achieved by backdating their period of permanent residency for citizenship per- uh, purposes. This will allow them to meet the 12-month permanent residence period under the general 
residence requirement there. Uh, so there you go. So if you are a a New Zealander who's been in Australia for many years and, well, you're a, say, part of organized crime or in a bikies gang, make sure you take out Australian citizenship uh, so you can't be deported. I mean, remember, that's what's happened to uh, Dusty, Dusty Martin, uh, Martin's uh, father, uh, Shane Martin, he got deported to New Zealand because he never had Australian uh, citizenship there. Uh, now, with this change, there's predicted to be a brain drain from New Zealand because you think inflation cost of living is, is bad here. It's even worse over in New Zealand. And if New Zealand didn't have the dairy industry and wine exports, they'd be a third world country. And so... Well, according to our constitution, uh, peak Aussie man, uh, New Zealand is mentioned as a state in our Australian constitution, but uh, New Zealand never took up the, the offer to be part of Australia there. All right, let's go over to the United States, uh, where President Joe Biden is uh, predicted to and formally announced his uh, re-election bid for for 2024. Uh, if he's uh, if he wins the the Democrat nomination, which he likely will, he'll be 82. And uh, if he gets re-elected, he'll be 86 when his uh, term finishes. Uh, you wonder what vegetable he'll be like at uh, 86 by then if he is is re-elected. He I, he will win the the Democrat nomination because I don't think that Marianne Williamson uh, is is going to get much traction and Robert F. Kennedy Jr. I don't think uh, is either despite uh, being a member of the the, the, the Kennedys uh, because he is not he dared to question the Fauci science uh, he is certainly on the fringe of the, the party they probably won't even hold certainly CNN and MSNBC ABC News, they won't hold any uh, debates featuring Biden, RFK, and Marianne Williamson. Marianne Williamson, she's that, uh, she's like a guru. Uh, she made all those motherhood statements when she she ran for uh, for, for, for 2020. She'd be a good guest on, on Q&A, uh, <laughs> to, to put it like that. The, the one thing that could uh, become a headache for uh, Joe Biden in his uh, re-election uh, bid is uh, the is there is an IRS whistleblower who has uh, revealed uh, that uh, a U.S. attorney is uh, looking at uh, charging uh, Hunter uh, Biden uh, for multiple uh, uh, multiple offenses. Uh, so possible charges are two misdemeanor counts for failure to file taxes, a single felony count of tax evasion related to a business expense for one year of taxes and a and the gun charge, also a potential uh, felony. Uh, so federal investigators have been believe they do have enough evidence. So this is uh, the decision to file will be made by U.S. Attorney David Weiss, who was appointed by President Trump and reappointed by Biden because it would look bad if he fired the uh, U.S. Attorney who was investigating, uh, investigating his son. 
Uh, so uh, this has been a an ongoing investigation. Uh, so in December 2020, Hunter Biden said he was confident that a professional objective view on these matters demonstrate that I had handled my affairs legally and appropriately. So we we shall see where this leads here. But uh, I mean, if they can uh, indict Donald Trump uh, for a nothing burger, then there is certainly a more substantive uh, case here against Hunter Hunter Biden. And uh, of course, uh, this, this is uh, none of this includes uh, Hunter's trips on Air Force Two. Uh, to uh, to ink uh, some uh, Biden family deals with uh, CCP Link business partners, or the uh, or the three point five million dollar payment made to a Hunter Biden founded firm uh, from the the wife of the former mayor of Moscow. Nothing of that. So yes, that's uh, that's that's the only. Only, only thing that uh, Hunter could possibly be charged with is the the tax evasion and the the gun charge there. Naughty Design said it doesn't work like that, Timbo. Yeah, I mean, imagine if Don Jr. had been accused of uh, all of these things, he would be he'd be he'd be in prison right now. And now, in the 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 current uh, current. Uh, policies of the, the Biden administration. Uh, so they want to, given that uh, all of these uh, uh, Republican legislators are uh, wanting to uh, protect uh, girls and women's sports by barring uh, trans women from uh, competing, the Biden administration is uh, looking to amend uh, Title IX, which is part of its uh, civil civil rights uh, 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 civil rights provisions uh, to they basically want to to override uh, these states and have and allow uh, trans women to compete in women's sports and it's got the endorsement of Aquaman uh, Leah Thomas who recorded this video supporting Joe Biden and uh, Leah Thomas. Uh, for our viewers, uh, check out uh, Leah Thomas's latest makeover. My name is Leah Thomas. I'm a transgender woman, a former college swimmer, and the first trans athlete to be named Division One NCAA champion. I started swimming when I was five years old. It has taught me so much. It has given me so many opportunities to learn, grow, develop, and connect with my peers. Opportunities that I wouldn't have gotten if I didn't have access to athletics. That's why it breaks my heart to see trans kids across the country lose out on these opportunities. The Department of Education has proposed a new rule for Title IX regarding transgender athletes. This rule would prohibit blanket bans on transgender kids, especially in grades K through eight. However, it would not prohibit discrimination against trans kids in the high school and college levels under the guise of competitive fairness. This rule is a good start. However, it is not enough. During this time of intense anti-trans backlash, the trans community needs explicit protections from discrimination in order to live our lives freely and equally. Luckily, this rule is not final. We have a 30-day period to urge the Biden administration to amend the rule and grant equal protection for all transgender kids, because all trans kids deserve the opportunity to compete and play in the sports they love without compromising who they are. Join me in commenting on this proposed rule and demanding equal protection for all transgender athletes. 
All trans kids deserve the opportunity to be themselves and participate. Now, one of the uh, the the female swimmers that uh, Leah Thomas uh, robbed of in 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 NCAA Women's Swimming Championship uh, was uh, Riley Gaines, a swimmer from uh, Kentucky. And remember, she was mobbed and cornered uh, by a bunch of SJW uh, uh, trans non-binary freaks or whatever uh, they were shouting abuse at her. And she was even physically assaulted. She was trapped there for hours. So she has uh, slammed the uh the biden administration wanting to change uh these uh title nine uh, uh title nine provisions which is basically it's it, it's supposed to protect women title nine but it's wanting to when it comes to to sport uh make it so that there's not a level playing field now there was a a title nine violation against women in the state of Wisconsin at a high school, uh, East Air East High School in in Wisconsin. Uh, so four freshman girls, so they're about 14, 15, were exposed to an 18-year-old boy who walked into the shower area referring to himself as trans. The male proceeded to strip off his clothes, exposing his genitals to the four girls, according to the report from the Institute. The four girls entered the girls' locker room after an hour-long swim unit for their physical education course. As the class concluded, the girls walked in on an 18-year-old male student who approached them and introduced himself, saying, I'm trans, by the way. That is just abhorrent. That would be so frightening for those girls there. And so uh, the uh, the uh, Director of Education uh, Policy at the Wisconsin Law and Liberty uh, Institute uh, said uh, that the Sun Prairie Area School District administrators failed to uphold the basic protections provided by federal law. Per the report, Title IX law says, does not let, allow discrimination on the basis of sex in education programs and other activities. School districts need to think through what loosening boundaries for single-sex spaces could mean for girls. Parents are understandably concerned about whether school districts like Sun Prairie Area School District are doing everything required to protect girls in bathrooms and locker rooms. Will is calling on the district to act promptly to restore a sense of safety and privacy in at schools there. And so the district did not apparently report this incident to the Title IX coordinator who should have reached out to the girls and offered support. The girls should have been able to file a complaint with the coordinator. A report does not need to indicate that this was the case. Uh, so the will report stated, since the district failed to take these steps, it cannot possibly know whether sexual harassment occurred, adding that the school district did not consider its mandatory reporting obligations under state law because this conduct and all that male exposing his genitals to four freshman girls could potentially implicate Wisconsin uh, criminal statute 94810. Now these cartoons have sadly come to life. Uh, so there's this one here. Uh, where this uh, man walks in on these uh, two women in the shower, relax, I'm a woman. And then there's this other one, how to flash in the woke era. So beforehand, uh, the uh, the mother says pervert and he's arrested for indecent exposure, rightly. And then 
when she streaks pervert in the woke era, uh, he says I'm trans and the mother's arrested for hate speech, bigotry, turf uh, discrimination. And also uh, what, se- what seems to have come true is this, uh, uh, this uh, scene from Scary Movie in two- 2000, the original one uh, written and directed by the Waynes Brothers, an African-American comedy a family. Uh, they had a female uh, gym teacher called Miss Man, who Cindy Campbell, they're the main character there, comes uh, com- comes to her office uh, for uh, some advice. Miss Man, come in, dear. Have a seat. Take off your bra if you'd like. No, thanks. What can I do for you, Cindy? I need to talk. See, I have this problem, and I don't know who to tell. Not feeling so fresh? Hmm? Feminine odor and itching got you down? Oh, no. (laughs) No, not that. (laughs) Then what is it? I have a terrible secret. Well, Cindy... We all have our little secrets. Sometimes we do things we're not so proud of. Some for money. Others to gain the athletic edge on the competition. Sometimes those secrets come back to haunt us. You know what I mean? Yes, I do, uh, Miss Man. <laughs> Thanks for ball. I mean all. Your help. I have to go to class. Anytime, dear. So what was hilarious comedy uh, 23 years ago is now a horrifying reality. And like you couldn't uh, do uh, movies like uh, Barry McKenzie, as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, you, should, you should, certainly could, could not have uh, jokes like that in Hollywood movies uh, today i mean the as uh, lady of shallot says this is now a documentary uh, but yes it is now reality now we had this week uh, of course uh, the settlement uh, by uh, fox news uh, by news corp sorry i'm just getting some mucus there i'll need to probably sort of had a, si- a sip of water uh, during during that uh, clip there, but I reckon I've been doing pretty well throughout this this program. So before it was about to, to go to trial, Fox News settled uh, the it's the the case the defamation case that uh, Dominion Voting Systems was bringing it, bringing uh, against them. Uh, so they settled for seven hundred and eighty seven. 0.5 million, which was half of the the 1.6 billion that they they wanted, and Smartmatic is also uh, still suing uh, Fox News. Uh, both Dominion and Smart Smartmatic are uh, also suing Newsmax, One American News, Sydney Powell, uh, Rudy uh, Giuliani. Dominion is uh, suing Mike Lindell, uh, Patrick Byrne, while Smartmatic is is suing. Uh, Janine Pirro, uh, Mario Marambolo, and uh, Lou Dobbs. And certainly uh, this settlement uh, will be used as, as precedent uh, to, uh, to basically 
try and get a try and uh, get a settlement uh, from uh, these other defendants or say to a judge like look when if it, if it goes to trial look at what fox, fox news uh, admitted and of course fox news enemies over at uh, cnn uh, were gloating this was a cnn anchor jack Jake Tapper, or as Mark Dice calls Jake Tapeworm, uh, this uh, this this was him here, and of course CNN has an exemplary journalist j- journalistic record of itself. I mean, it only had to 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 pay out over the the Covington Covington boys uh, fake news story, and was also being sued by by Kyle, Kyle Rittenhouse. One of the ugliest and most embarrassing moments in the history of journalism, Fox. Uh, issued a statement saying, quote, we are pleased to have reached a settlement of our dispute dispute with Dominion voting systems. We acknowledge the court's rulings, finding certain claims about Dominion to be false. The settlement reflects, I'm sorry, this is going to be difficult to say with a straight face. This settlement reflects Fox's continued commitment to the highest journalistic standards. We are hopeful that our, dis- sorry. We are hopeful that our decision to resolve the dispute with Dominion amicably instead of the acrimony of a divisive trial allows the country to move forward from these issues. Unquote. Uh, CNN is an embarrassment to journalism on a on a daily basis. It's hard to watch CNN with a straight face, take it seriously as a news organization. Now, over at uh, MSNBC, or is it some sometimes called MSDNC, former uh, Biden White House spokeswoman press secretary Jen Psaki interviewed uh, AOC and uh, this is what AOC said uh, should happen to Tucker Carlson if he if he is deemed to be inciting hatred or violence federal regulation in terms of what's allowed on air and what isn't and when you look at what Tucker Carlson and some of these other folks on Fox do it is very very clearly incitement of violence, very clearly incitement of violence. And that is the line that I think we have to uh, be willing to contend with. I mean, how's Tucker Carlson incited violence? I mean, we talked about Riley Dennis uh, last last week, that uh, former trans YouTuber who's now playing soccer in in New New South Wales said misgendering is an act of violence. Is that what AOC means, uh, inciting violence there? Now, also staying on on Fox News, uh, Lachlan Murdoch, he dropped his uh, defamation suit against uh, Crikey. Uh, he had uh, launched legal proceedings against them over an article by Bernard Keane in 2022, uh, which uh, uh, claimed uh, that uh, Murdoch is the unindicted co-conspirator in uh, Trump's January 6 insurrection, who Bernard King calls a confirmed unhinged traitor there. Now let's go over to the UK. That's uh, that's where we'll we'll finish off. So, the UK now has a new deputy a prime minister. Uh, so Dominic Raab uh, resigned over bullying accusations against him. So he's now been replaced by Oliver Dowden. And over on the the Labour side, uh, former Shadow Home Secretary uh, Diane 
Abbott. Uh, she has been uh, suspended as a Labor MP for this letter that uh, she wrote to The Guardian. This was, uh, she was writing in a response uh, to an op-ed, racism in Britain is not a black and white issue. It's far more complicated. So uh, Di uh, uh, Diane Abbott wrote they, uh, that uh, claims that Irish, Jewish and traveler people all suffer from racism. They undoubtedly experience prejudice. This is similar to racism and the two words are often used as if they're interchangeable. It is true that many types of white people with points of difference such as redheads can experience this preju prejudice, but they are not all their lives subject to racism. In pre-civil rights America, Irish people, Jewish people and travelers were not required to sit at the back of the bus. In apartheid South Africa, these groups were not allowed to, the, these groups were allowed to vote. And at the height of slavery, there were no white seeming people mancladed on slave, slave ships. Uh, now, Diane Abbott, she, uh, she released a statement post the outrage at this. I'm writing in regards to my letter that was recently published in The Observer. I wish to wholly and unreservedly withdraw my remarks and dissociate myself from them. The errors arose in an initial draft being sent. But there is no excuse and I wish to apologize for any angst caused. Racism takes many forms and it is completely un undeniable that Jewish people have suffered its monstrous effects as of Irish people, travelers and many other people. Once again, I would like to apologize publicly for the remarks and any distress caused by public result for them. Well, it's too late now for that, uh, Diane Abbott. This is clearly, uh, they're wanting to get rid of her it's because she was part of Corbyn's, senior member of Corbyn's shadow ministry. And uh, they basically stripped Jeremy Corbyn of his uh, pre-selection. And so they're wanting to get rid of all Corbynites from uh, the party as well. This reminds me of when uh, Whoopi Goldberg was suspended from the, the View for two weeks in early 2022 for claiming the Holocaust was not about race, it was about uh, ethnicity. Uh, so there seems to be a sort of a theme uh, with these uh, uh, black people uh, offending uh, Jewish people. I mean, obviously, the most prominent example last year was uh, Yee uh, offending uh, Jewish people uh, by uh, by first saying that he was going to go DEFCON on the uh, on the, the Jews and, uh, of course, then went on Alex Jones and said he loved Hitler. Now, what occurred in the UK uh, yesterday, well, on Sunday UK time at uh, 3 o'clock in the afternoon, uh, was a test emergency message. Uh, so... Uh, so they have a new emergency alert system and you'll get an alert like this on your mobile phone. You do not, you do not need to take any action. So what is uh, this, uh, this testing system here? Uh, so emergency alerts, I'll bring it up here. Emergency alerts is a UK government service that warn you if there's danger to life nearby. In emergency, your mobile phone or tablet will receive an alert with advice about how to stay safe. The government does not need to know your phone number or location to send you the alert, but they, they clearly know your number. Otherwise, how will they get the message to you? Reasons you might get an alert. You may get alerts about severe flooding, fires, extreme weather. Emergency alerts will only be sent by the emergency services, government departments, agencies, and public bodies that deal with emergencies. What happens when you get an alert? Your mobile phone or tablet may make a loud siren sound, even if it's set on silent, vibrate, or read out the alert. So yeah, it probably goes something like this. 
Now, a lot of us in Australia thought, I, I thought only, you know, <laughs> Clive Palmer and the United Australia Party and other political parties had the ability to send a text message to everyone in the nation there. But yeah, there, there you go there. So they, uh, so we don't, we, the, the UK people, they are right to ask, like, what is this uh, alert system going to be, be useful given that uh, we don't really have typhoons or other sorts of extreme weather in the UK there. All right, that brings us to the end of another Tim's News Explosion. Thank you everyone for joining the program once again. Uh, have a reflective Anzac Day tomorrow. It is uh, Australia's only national day, which is still sacrosanct. I remember in 2019 when I made the uh, pilgrimage uh, to the dawn service at the Shrine of Remembrance. I should provide a link uh, to uh, the Unshackled's uh, coverage at uh, the 2019 Shrine of Remembrance uh, Dawn service. Uh, when they've, when myself and, and Steel Archer, when we arrived at Flinders Street and, and walked down to the shrine, uh, I had never seen so many white people in Melbourne in the same place. It was quite quite the site because obviously melbourne is uh, very diverse and multicultural now but that that morning on the 25th of, of april uh, i saw almost exclusively white people there and uh, dan andrews the the premier even though honoring those who fought and died for australia he still said that uh, pay respect to the traditional owners of the of this land so were we fighting for australia or like fighting for or we're fighting for the we're not fighting for australia because it doesn't exist it's the traditional owners it's, again this is the whole ludicrousy of the welcome to country uh paying respect respect to the traditional owners it's implying that we don't own the our own our own property we are, we are not part of this country here and uh, the part of the reason why Anzac Day is sacrosanct is because there have been Indigenous Australians who are proud to be Australian and fought and died for Australia. And also the 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 left they have now embraced Anzac Day uh, when they are obviously uh, demonising uh, uh, Thomas Sewell and his crew, saying our grandfathers fought against the, the the Nazis. So this is why they are back on board with with Anzac Day. Of course. Catherine Deveney, she once said uh, that uh, comedian once called Anzac Day uh, Bogan Halloween, which is her right. She's allowed to make a, a tasteless joke like that. Uh, but yes, uh, Anzac Day is certainly, uh, it is uh, obviously attacks on us on Australia Day have been uh, relentless, uh, but Anzac Day is, is, the the one day uh, that uh, will 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 last last for eternity in Australia. Uh, of course, tomorrow uh, in the the AFL uh, there is the uh, traditional Anzac Day match between Essendon and Collingwood. There is there is also going on right now the traditional Anzac Day Eve clash between Melbourne and Richmond, since this is a live show, I'll give you a live score update. Uh, so there is five, uh, just over five minutes to go in the final quarter. Melbourne is leading 13-6-84 to Richmond's 10-11-71. So it's a close one there. Richmond had a pretty poor start to the season, only one win and one draw so far there. 
So thank you once again for watching anyone. I'll see you all next week for another Tim's News Explosion, 8.30 p.m. Melbourne time on YouTube, D Live and Odyssey. And uh, there'll be another report uh, from Tiger Mount with Richard Wollstonecroft, uh, published a, a new one. A, he, on the what he termed the six million dollar man the fact that uh, dylan mulvaney's endorsement of bud light had lost uh, anheuser-busch six six uh, six billion dollars and uh, so bud light has announced management changes with uh, todd allen the new vp uh with the the current marketing vp now former uh, bud light marketing vp Alyssa. Uh, Heiner Schritt now taking a leave of absence. She was, of course, the the mastermind uh, behind sending Jill Mulvaney those personalized Bud Lights there. Uh, so stay tuned for more reports. Uh, report for, uh, with Tiger Mountain with Richard Wollstonecroft. Also check out uh, the uh, the most recent uh, Cafe Lockdown over on on Rumble, which uh, Richard is associated with. Michael Gray Griffith. Got the honor of chatting with uh, Roseanne Barr, uh, who of course was cancelled uh, for a a tweet in 2018. So that is certainly worth uh, checking out. It's a two-hour live stream, which is pretty impressive. They got Roseanne for that, so check that out as well. So much good content around at the at the moment. Take care, everyone. A, ha have a reflective Anzac Day. Stay safe. Stay sane. Stay free. And also stay positive. Good night, everybody. Tim's News Explosion. 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 Tim's news explosion.